Hey, dude, this dog like stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. you pet stylists you found the groom pod welcome to our virtual salon my name is Susie, and i'm your host i'm a mobile groomer from seattle washington and anyone who knows me will tell you i love to talk especially about my job one of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show miss barbara bird hello groomers welcome to episode 316 of the groom pod Normally, you'd be hearing Barbara Bird's voice right now, but this week I screwed up the scheduling, and so I'm giving you a best of that's been reassembled for your enjoyment. So this has been recorded on all kinds of different days at all kinds of different times, but it was definitely recorded in Snohomish, Washington and Tucson, Arizona. This podcast is brought to you by listener support through Patreon and through our donation button, that's you guys, and from our kind sponsors, Best Shot, Show Season, Evolution Shears, Stasco, and Groom More. This week we're going to be talking about Clipper Vax, Essential Oils, and how to get people to rebook. So I hope you enjoy this extra specially made just for you episode of The Groom Pod. Groom Pack. Let me tell you about the newest thing from Best Shots Ultramax Pro line. I'm seriously stoked about these products. First up is Ultramax Hair Hold Spray. It's a mindfully created aerosol-free styling spray. It's flexible and can be layered on for a stronger hold. It's quick drying and has the Ultramax Delicate Sweet Pea Fragrance. Next up is my favorite new product in a long time. It's called the Max and I love it to the Max. It's a fragrance-free ultra-concentrate conditioner and detangler. It's so concentrated that one small bottle makes 10 quarts. It reduces drying time, extends manageability, and aids you in achieving optimal coat performance. Mats and tangles brush away more easily, and it turns your recirculator into a de-shedding machine. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. It's amazing. Check it all out at ultramaxpro.com and see why Barbara and I are so excited. That's ultramaxpro.com. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor and order some Max and Hair Hold Spray today. For over 30 years, Best Shot has been making masterpieces out of nightmares in record time. Made from the best stuff on earth. Ready, groomers? Here comes our first appointment. Okay, well, let's head over to our first appointment, which is going to be an introduction to clipping with suction. It's going to be the first part of a series, so there will at least be another part coming, maybe even a part after that, that, that where we're going to get a little more in-depth. But this is just kind of a primer on what it's like to use a vacuum system. So there are lots of advantages to clipping with suction, but it does take some time getting used to, doesn't it, Barbara? Oh, amen to that. It took me a couple of years, at, to be honest with you. Yeah, the awkward... I hated it at first. I thought, oh no, why did I buy this? This doesn't look as good as my work usually looks. And so I kept putting it down and yeah. not using it. 
And I think your story is similar to pretty much everybody who goes out there and buys one and then gets home, tries it on their first dog, and it's like, holy crap, this is not what I imagined. It looked so easy in the video, or it looked so easy up there at the demo, or my friend's using it, and she seems to love it, but boy, this thing is not for me. But it's a time, money, and body-saving piece of equipment that everybody should get to know. Clipping with suction like we said, take some getting used to because suction pulls the hair up and away from the dog's body like we used to comb up and clip her down with a snap-on comb, then comb up and clip her down with a snap-on comb. When you have suction, it actually pulls the hair away so it eliminates some of that work for you. The bad thing about that is it can very quickly suck up beautiful long ear hair or the end of a tail or the edge of a foot. And I have some experience in that. I just uh, whacked the bottom end of a tail off the other day because the dog wiggled and I was not paying attention and I was holding the clipper with suction on and the clipper was on and it had a 40 blade on it and it just trimmed that tail off. (laughs) But these things do happen occasionally. What do you find is the most time-saving aspect of having a clipper back? Well, you don't have to go over and over your work. First of all, it doesn't work on all coats, but on curly coats, standout coats, uh, like golden doodle coats, it's just uh, gives a great result without having to go over and over your clipper work. And I use it all the time on clipping cats. And for that same reason, I can do in one swipe what I would have to, oh, cat hair just wants to make tracks and messes I'm crazy like, and with my clipper vac, I can get a decent result on just one pass, and I can actually uh, clip a, a cat in 10 to 15 minutes. It is like the magic wand when you attach a snap on comb to that. Uh, it's not the best for blending off like terriers areas or jacket areas or connections to shoulders and legs not not quite as good as maybe doing it without the suction but for full body all over clips with a snap-on comb on a curly coat or in my case on a lot of those shih tzus i i pretty much run them completely over especially the old dogs uh it's just amazing because oh and i should mention even more revolutionary with the stainless steel combs by wall that just went above and beyond with the clipper back because now you can go through some of the tangles easier. It really does. If, if there's little tangles in the coat, not big matted messes, of course, right. but tangles the in the coat. That, that grab the whole comb, but little, little tangles, it will, it will plow through that. Especially if you've used a good shampoo conditioner combination, like for instance, a best shot kind of a combination where you've put in a little silicone in there and you just whip past those knots and they kind of seem to untangle themselves. That is another way. It really does save time. On the video that Marlene Romani, and she's the one who has put out the clipper vac, there's a couple major brands. There's a Labe, there's the Hand V Specialty Engineering clipper vac type thing, and then there's the Marlene Romani, NBC Romani clipper vac type thing. And then you can make your own clipper vac type thing too. I've seen that as well. One of the really cool things you can do with them is you can put that big fat comb on 
and you can skim the breeches of a golden retriever or a collie or a sheltie and it gives this nice really tight appearance to it and it and it's just a nice look for that. Do you ever do any skimming with your clipper back? I'm just looking at this great big huge yellow wasp just landed on my definition du jour notes. <laughs> Well, I'll make sure to talk for a while so he can yeah, remember right. himself from so, said note. Uh, I don't know how he got in here. Well, yes, you know, I did some skimming with a um, clipper back. But there again, blending is not its big thing. So let's say, for example, on my standard poodle, I'm going to um, do a standard poodle with a tight body and, quote, scissored legs. So I'll do like a seven blade on the body and then um, a big fat comb on the legs. Various fatnesses depending on the people. And <clears throat> on the hips and on the shoulder where you're blending in, I prefer to do that without the suction. Any comb that's kind of in between the length of the body and what you've chosen for the legs, you can kind of blend like that. But if you try to do it with the, the suction on, you're going to have kind of a divot situation can occur in those blending lines. It just doesn't, uh, it isn't as smooth for that. But, uh, you know, where I use it the most is on my, um, well, I skim, I do skim doodles because I like to, I like to create on my doodles, I like to create a more natural appearance where there's a little bit of fill here and there on the legs, especially like in, in the front part of the rear leg um, above the foot, I'll leave a little bit of fill there so I can skim and kind of um, not go in perfectly contoured to the body um, in that area. And that and that's pretty good. And the other thing that people do that it requires a technique, but is very effective is back clipping with the clipper back. I do a lot of that. You do it does work really well. Yeah, yeah. Yep, especially in some of the shorter, like the number three Romani rocker comb, that little tiny three comb. You do that reverse, uh, it gives such a nice finish when you brush it out, and it's just is really, it still leaves a little bit of length on the dog. Yeah, I love using a reverse technique. Another technique that I've used really successfully has been with, I used to have two chows. I don't have them anymore. They've both passed away since. But they would get really matted, in the yard and we used to just very nicely brush them out but as they got older and older it became difficult for them to stand and i didn't think the brush outs were very fair so i started to use a technique that marlene had showed us marlene romani where you take the outside edge of the coat and you take like a big poodle comb and you just cut the very tips of the hair off the end of the dog then you bathe them and you blow it out and all the coat releases out of there and it makes it a little bit better. However, there's a little effect of taking the ends of the guard hairs off where it, it tangles a little bit thicker next time. But when they're old and you're gonna end up doing it all the time that way, it works really well. It works with palms that are a little tangly is you just cut the ends of those tangles off by using the comb and skimming your 40 blade along the top edge of the comb so you don't go too deep. So that is a neat all technique. All the hair out with the comb. Yes. 
Yeah, it's a good technique. It works pretty well. And a good, uh, of course, silicone type product that will help release that hair. Another area I use my Clipper Vac a lot. And this is an area that took a lot of practice. And I'm not always perfect on it, but luckily so many of my dogs are difficult and it's just such a quick method, is I do pads with a 40 blade on my Clipper Vac. But if you take too much hair, then you end up with a really ugly foot. <laughs> so this is where we're talking about you really, really, really have to practice. One of the ways you can practice is with dogs that are getting all their hair taken off. You get your clipper back out and mess around with them and then you take the rest of their hair off. So that's a suggestion. So I have a suggestion for on the feet. Okay. To do, you know, like, so to avoid uh, having those accidents on the feet, I comb the feet. I comb the foot hair all down and then hold it with my hand and then lift the foot up and I'm holding right at the edge and then I clip over the back of my hand so that my hand stops it from going up the side of the foot. A great technique. I'm sure you learn that through trial and error because that's basically the best way to go about this one. Yeah, yeah, you have to make a little bit of mistakes occasionally. So uh, there are health benefits to having a clipper back. The biggest one, excuse me, the biggest one is probably your health of your lungs because you're not having nearly as much hair flying around, infiltrating the air, and then after that, infiltrating your lungs. And I know... If you're doing, you know, this is... I, I, I think that the hair in the lungs thing... For the clipping is especially pertinent when you're looking at dogs that are in short cuts and you're cutting, you know, and then you're going back over a short coat and making little teeny pieces of hair that go into the air. Um, the clipper vac will pull all that hair up. Um, you know, you can use your clipper vac. I, I at one point. I use duct tape on a shedding blade and <laughs> to my um, to my clipper, my vac hose. Marlene finally actually made something very similar to that, I think, or Curtis did. One of the two of them did. Yeah, Abe did too. Yeah, okay, everybody did. Because, and if I may clarify, that the difference between the Labe vac and the um, Romani and Hanvey is that Labe has uh, a clipper vac single hand piece. The Romani and the Hanvey attach to a regular clipper. And um, so usually what you do is dedicate a clipper to the to the vac system and it kind of stays with it. Hanvey's can detach and uh, be used by itself. But the Labe clipper vac is a regular clipper, is an oversized clipper that has the back hole in through the whole clipper. So it's all integral. Cool. We will talk a little more about that on our next segment when we go more in depth on the differences between the major companies. No, good that you mentioned it because I had no idea that that was, I mean, I kind of in the back of my mind knew, but that's something that will help me write the next show. So good stuff. All right. The other advantage, sometimes it seems like an advantage, sometimes maybe not so much, is it does make grooming quicker so it doesn't quite hurt my hands so much. But sometimes the way the clipper attaches to the hose, then it makes it more awkward. And if you've got the wrong setup, then it's harder on your hands. So that's something to be mindful of when you test out your systems. I hate 
hair all over my table because I have always used a clipper vac. I pretty much started grooming with a clipper vac. When I don't have a clipper vac and I'm using just that, like my new clippers, and all the hair was falling all over, that drives me crazy. Plus, you can lose your scissors under there, and the clipper vac just sucks all that hair up. I mean, the majority of it, obviously not your finished scissoring. There's always going to be some hair on your floor. But I want somebody to come up with a table that has like lots in it has a has a suction under there because that's a problem when I scissor and I and I and it and sometimes especially at the end of the day it drives me knocking futs. Yes. <laughs> Dogs will step in the hair that you've just scissored off. They'll sit in the hair that you've just scissored off. They'll reattach the hair that you've just scissored off. It's in the way of you seeing what you've got to scissor next on the on the table level. You are so right. (laughs) Constantly, like, scooping it into my lap. Yes. I wear a grooming apron because I can can brush hair into my lap because I'm sitting down most of the time. Oh, gosh. I brush hair into my lap, and if I have an apron on, it just catches it so I don't get that hair in the thighs. Oh, that drives me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So... Yeah, see, with the clipper vac or even with the taxi vac, you can pull the attachment off and you can suck stuff up off your table, which I yeah, do regularly. you can suck stuff off the table with the iVac, too. That's good. That helps a little bit, but it doesn't always help enough because it means you have to put your scissors down and suck it back up and then pick your scissors back up. But needless to say, it's, an, it's a cleaner environment. It's easier to see your stuff. It's easier to see the dog. So those are another few advantages to having a vacuum system. There are all kinds of different options within each of the different systems. So there are portable units and that's what I use in my cases. I'm using the smallest unit out there um, that, and I just have it stuck underneath my grooming table. And when I have to empty it, I pull it out, empty it and stick it back underneath there. There are single and multiple shop setups where your ducting actually goes through your walls or in and everything comes out at your little grooming station in my dreams <laughs> that would be neat um, there's different ways that the clippers attach to the systems there's different emptying protocols and there's the do-it-yourself units which i don't know very much about at all but what i will say is we will co- cover all of those differences in our next clipper vac segment so is there anything you'd like to add to that No, I'm looking forward to our next segment. Me too. (laughs) Everybody's hands are shaped differently. Mine certainly are. It can be hard to find the perfect shear, but there is a solution. Evolution shears are fully customizable with fixed ring, single, or double swivels. I like the double swivels best. They are all designed to prevent the repetitive stress injuries that occur as we groom. Evolution uses high-quality materials, and the shears come in curves, straights, thinners, and chunkers. There's a small learning curve, but the staff at Evolution will guide you through. You can put your hands on a pair of Evolution shears at most grooming shows, but if you're not going to a show, go online to evolutionshears.com or call them at 877-560-3057 and buy yourself a pair. Be sure to ask for Chris. She's the cat's pajama. Ron and Abby are super cool too. But wait, mention the Groom Pod when you place your order or put Groom Pod in the coupon code on the Evolution website and you'll receive $10 off each pair of shears. How cool is that? 
Let's see what's happening at the grooming table. Here we are at the table. We are looking at the big three, Romani Clippervac, Hanby Hairback, and the La Bay Ivac. So I'm going to start with the Clippervac because it's probably the one that I'm most familiar with. And I went on Marlene's website last night and I looked at all of the variations and she has the tote, which is the little portable one, all the way up to a six station unit. And they range in price from $750 to $4,300. And with the $4,300 unit, it, it does six different stations. One of the differences that all of the Clipper Vacs have is the way you empty the hair out. One of the things I like about Marlene's system and the Romani system is you empty the hair out on the side. So some of the other ones you empty in the bottom, and I'm not sure how the Labe system empties because I couldn't really find it, but I think it may empty through the top. I don't use the Labe. Um, well, I yeah, I don't use their canister okay. because it's a, just a regular wall-mounted oval canister, and I like my Hanvey canister that empties from the bottom because I can just push a trash can under there and then drop the bottom out and the hair falls out. And it's pretty easy. Is yours mounted on the wall? Yes. Yeah, that's nice. See, for me, my vacuum is underneath my table. So I actually have to pull it out from under the table. And for me, if I had to lift it up to hold it and then drop the hair out, that would be challenging. Oh, problem. For me. Yeah. yeah. So that's one of the reasons I gravitated towards Marlene's because I'm using a portable unit. So I'm using the tote. The attachment that is fixed to the clipper on the clipper vac is a little bit awkward. I think, in my opinion, compared to the one on the hair vac systems. It just seems like the angle is a little bit tight to fit my hands in. So that's one of the things I don't love about hers. And also to adjust your suction, it's a flap over a hole. So it's a little inexact of a system, but it works. I mean, it's fine. As long as you don't move that flap around too much, break the flap off and then you got to buy another one. But all of it's replaceable. The only way that you that you manage the suction Yeah. I- but let me ask you this. Is there a way to turn the power? Is a variable speed power? Not variable speed power either. You just open or close that flap. Uh, and it's, you know, you can open it a little bit or you can take it all the way off. But it is not my ideal way to manage suction. I actually like the HairVac way to manage suction a lot better, where it slides back and forth on the top. And I'll come to that when I get to theirs. The other thing with the... Clipper vac system is it seems like the diameter of the nozzle is slightly smaller than it is on the hair vac systems. Therefore, I do occasionally find mats will plug up that tube and I have to go in there with my uh, hemos and pull the mat out of the tube. It's just a tiny bit of difference in the way it goes in, but it's enough that sometimes it does clog. The cool thing about the Clipper Vac system is there are tons of additional tools you can get that snap on there. So you can get a de-shedder where that sucks the de-shedded hair away. You can get a Dremel suction unit. You can get a cleanup stick. There's all these different stuff that she's put on there. I appreciate that about her. She's very ingenious that way. Moving on to the Hanvey system, which is Hanvey Specialty Engineering's Hair Vac. That's the canister that you have, right? That's right. Two station um, set up originally with the Hanby system, and um, I had a number of problems with that. With the fixed system, did you have it plumbed in, kind of? Uh- yeah, I had the plumbed in with a PVC pipe. 
Yeah. And there were some, there were a couple of, and it was set up for two stations, and there were a couple of right angles in the piping that w- could clog. Oh, that'd be a nightmare. Yeah, that's a nightmare. Because we would have to stand up on a ladder and get up in there to unclog those things. Um, if you couldn't, ju- I mean, of course, we would start trying to just blow air with the force dryer in there. But- <laughs> That, that was kind of a pain in the tush. Um, but now I don't have two people trying to use it, but I have a Laube um, IVAC hose hooked up to the canister, but I'm not going through the original t- piping. I just have the long Laube hose that we move around the table. And it works real well. In uh, the Clipper Vax, she also has made a portable two-station unit that rolls around. So Handy has on their website, they've got three different sizes of canisters. Do you know which size canister you have? No. And, you know, I, I mean, I got it like 13, 14 years ago. So there weren't too many options then. It's fairly large, I'll tell you. How often do you empty it? Once a week. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I empty mine every day, at least eh, sometimes every other day, but mostly every day on the Clippervac tote. It's pretty small, but easy to empty, so not a big deal. So the thing about those Anvi canisters is they do empty on the bottom. So if it's sitting on the floor, then you've got to lift it up to, to empty it. But if you've got it mounted, it is absolutely the way to go. They run $700 to $1,300 for their complete systems. I really like the way the clipper attaches to the head of the Hanby system. The bad thing is it slips into like uh, two guides. The edges of the head of the hose wear out. And then that thing slides around and it pops out. Oh, and you, you have to put a rubber band in there. Rubber band or black electrical tape or some way to snug it up. It makes it much easier to use the clippers without the hose attached than you can with the clipper vac because the clipper vac one has a bit of fitting that actually comes off at an angle that's permanently permanently affixed on there whereas curtis's is just basically a plate on top of the clipper so it makes it very easy to use your clipper for something else to not always have it attached i like that it also has a much larger head on it than the clipper vac system so that no i have never had a clog with my Hanvi adapter. So you can actually buy fitting end of the Hanvi stuff to stick on your clipper back, which, sorry, Marlene, that's what I did. But, <laughs> which is absolutely well, what so I did. You have to get the best of both worlds. And that's what That's right. Uh, and so have I in that I've got the IVAC working with the Hanvi canister. And on the Hanvi canister, I have the variable speed where I can turn down the power of the motor, which is really good. Um, and if you get the IVAC... That's on the IVAC, right? That's not on the... No, it's on the Hanvey canister. Wow. If the IVAC, you also need to get a router that will turn down the motor of your VAC that you use with the IVAC. And that is 50 bucks, by the way. No, but, uh, but guess what? What? At um, Harbor Freight, it's like twelve ninety five. <laughs> well, it's there the you go. Same thing. It's the same thing. Don't buy. Don't buy <laughs> lobby. Sorry, lobby. I'm pretty sure they don't listen. 
You can buy it. You can buy it at Harbor Freight, and it will turn down any vacuum motor. It will give you a variable speed. All right. Well, let's talk about the IVAC a little bit. That variable speed thing—that is really cool. I wish I had that on mine. So the very nice thing that the IVAC does is you can use it on a vacuum system of any kind. Basically, you can use it on a shop vac, you can use it on a clipper vac, you can use it on a hair vac, and it even says you can use it on a home vacuum. Uh, they run about four hundred and fifty dollars, right? Right, so, right about there. And Barbara sells them. So if you want to go that route, uh, the unique part about that is, as you were telling us earlier, is the clipper body has the actual vac attachment built in. Well, it is it? a dedicated clipper, but I can use that clipper without turning the vacuum on if I want to, you know, as a regular clipper. Right. Uh, do you find that the attachment is in a good spot? Oh, that yeah. That yeah. where the hose comes off and all that, it's pretty balanced? Well, the where the hose comes off is the very end. So it is balanced. The rear end of the, uh, yeah. So it's, it's actually more balanced than the other systems. There's less resistance to your wrist on the IVAC as with the hand VVAC and or the clipper VAC. So do you find any clogs? I rarely have clogs. Okay. Let's see. Is there anything else that you want to tell me about the IVAC since I don't know anything about it? It has a window that you can open and close with your thumb. Oh, that's how you control the suction? You can control the suction that way as well as I can turn down the motor at the canister. That would be, would be a whole new dimension for me to be able to control the suction with that ease. Because right now, my hand V attachment has worn itself completely off. I can't put it in anymore. It won't hold at all. So I had to switch back over to the Romani one. And I really want to get back to the hand V one because it's just oh, less. Oh, be on your Christmas list. Yeah. Oh, doggone it. How did I miss that? How did I miss that? Crap. Well, I'm going to go home. You know what? We're pretty much done with this. I'm going to run downstairs. I'm going to write it on my Santa list right now. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's just kind of a basic coverage of the three major manufacturers. You can also do your own thing, make your own clipper back attachment. There's also one that is out there that's fairly new on dogplayground.com that has uh, the ability to affixed to any clipper. I didn't look into that very much, but it's new. It's like 70 bucks. Something to look at anyway. I think a clipper vac is a very worthwhile investment, even though you may not, you may not want to use it for every groom or you may, but even if you use it for certain grooms where you're real comfortable and confident, um, boy, I would not clip a cat without mine. And, um, I just think that it's a, a real important piece of equipment to have, and it's very healthy. And it's so nice to be able to clip a whole golden doodle and not have hair all over the place and all over me. I'll say amen to that. <laughs> we love our sponsors, like show season. Let me tell you about my favorite show season products. True Tearless is a hypoallergenic, scent-free shampoo that really cleans and never, ever leaves a fragrance. Pair it with the hypo conditioner and you have a winning, smell-free combination. Results Rinse is an after-bath rinse that lightly conditions and protects without adding any weight to scissored coats. It aids in drying time and it helps with brush-outs, too. 
Show Season carries Barbara's Essential Oil Blends and Mellow Pet Shampoo, Blueberry Products, Delicious Colognes, Hemp Products, a Feline Line, Spa and Natural Options, and so much more. You can find Show Season Animal Products at all shows and through lots of distributors like Cascade Grooming Supplies. And you can check out all their products at their website, thebestpetshampoo.com, or call 678-382-0218. Make every season a show season. The Definition Du Jour All right, Barbara, Definition Du Jour time, and I know it's a doozy today. Well, this is kind of a subject I've been grappling with a little bit lately. I want to talk about the concept of therapeutic grade essential oils and certified organic essential oils because seeing that more and more used to market essential oils. So before I go into that, I want to remind people of where I am at the aromatherapy party. Okay. As I've been dealing with essential oils since I started back in about 1995. So I have about 20 years of experience buying essential oils and creating, uh, and at least 10 years of creating products with aromatherapy essential oils, of creating aromatherapy products with essential oils. So I've kind of been around and watched the marketplace change. and. Um, essential oils and aromatherapy are becoming extremely popular along with the trend towards natural because right. you we see that get, everywhere. You can't get much more natural than oils that have been distilled from the plant. That's a very natural substance. So then how do you market or sell your natural products to be more desirable than somebody else's natural products. Right. We're learning there's lots of ways to do that. There's lots of ways to do that. So you want to come up with some way of suggesting psychologically that your oils are better, more wholesome, more natural than the competition, than all the others. Right. So one of the things that happened is the concept of therapeutic grade. Therapeutic grade. The truth is there is no grading system for essential oils. (laughs) Does not exist. Interesting. This is a made up term. It is a product of marketing and marketing alone. And it makes sense because it's one way to kind of distinguish your oils from the rest of them. Here's another interesting thing that has happened is that when I first started buying essential oils, one of the main places to shop for essential oils was the health food store. Right. I remember that. Essential oils in the health food store and maybe a little sampler kit. 
And now the online companies are going out of their way to discredit essential oils that are sold at the health food store. They'll specify that those are lesser oils and you can't trust those oils. So the way that you see essential oils sold to mark, the way they're marketed is that they are somehow more safe, that your oils are more safe, more pure, uh, less adulterated, and you imply that everybody else's oils are adulterated. So if you use the term therapeutic essential oils made for aromatherapy, it implies that everybody else is using cheap grade shit. It sure does. (laughs) So it's a made-up term, and it actually was made up mostly by the huge multi-level marketing companies. There's two of them. I'll name names. Okay, name names. Young Living and doTERRA. Oh, I know. I remember Young Living. I think they've been at seminars. So Young, Young Living has been at seminars. Young Living has actually changed the face of aromatherapy marketing. And one of the ways they did that was introducing the concept of therapeutic grade. But there is that their oils and doTERRA even trademarked therapeutic grade. But the thing of it is, is that there is no way to to trademark therapeutic grade. What doTERRA actually trademarked was their icon, you know, their symbol, their symbol of therapeutic grade. The truth is there's no outside body that classifies or grades essential oils. It's a global marketplace, and most of the oils are grown in foreign lands in certain regions, and the climate and the um, altitude and the environmental conditions are a lot of what creates the properties of these essential oils. Right. So, you know, I did in the beginning, I got drugged, I got drugged into, drugged, I wasn't drugged. <laughs> I got sucked into that therapy thing. And I made that claim for my aromatherapy products that I used only therapeutic grade oils. But then I, when I realized that that was a bogus term, I, st- I dropped it. So now what I say is that I use pure and unadulterated oils of the highest quality. Yeah, that sounds better. I shop from suppliers that I have faith in. They're shopping the global marketplace. They're importers. They know their companies. They're not a huge, large corporation. One of the other things about Young Living is that they now have something like three or four million sellers under the on their line. It felt a little Amway to me. It, it's more than a little Amway. Okay. It's but probably I, even bigger than Amway. It's okay. huge. The demand for Young Living oils and doTERRA oils has so sucked the marketplace that some of the oils, I mean, there's only so many places that are producing clary sage oil, for example. My All right. cost of clary sage oil has gone from somewhere around 
50 to $60 a pound to $300 a pound. Because it's, it's rare now? Because, it's, because these big multi-level marketing firms are just um, grabbing all, all this product. Right. Pure therapeutic grade does not really exist. It's a marketing term. It's, it's meant to imply that other oils are not worthy. Is there anything we can look for that does imply better quality? You're not going to find anybody claiming that they are selling inferior oils. Right. Is the, But there's no testing, right? No formal FDA type testing, is there? No. Yeah. The FDA doesn't really test essential oils. Okay. Uh, that's where this whole, the whole organic thing has come about, too. Okay. Because now... Now we also have certified organic. So some places will say their oils are certified organic therapeutic oils. That's a mouthful. Organic is something that applies to agriculture, right? Plants and bushes and shrubs and stuff where aromatherapy comes, that's agriculture. True. But most of those things in the far reaches of Tibet or wherever, they're not being farmed with or without pesticides. They're just being farmed. Right. And that's called wildcrafted. Wildcrafted is good. It just means it's farmed without human intervention. More harvested than farmed or planted and harvested. Yeah. Yeah. But you see more and more of this pure FDA, USDA certified organic. An essential oil can be USDA certified organic only if it's farmed in the United States. Okay. Because the USDA, USDA, is not going to qualify something that's farmed overseas, right? Right. That means that the essential oils are planted and harvested and grown in the United States of America only under our environmental conditions. That's okay for some oils like citrus oils. Citrus grows well here. Right, but not everything goes well here. But not everything grows well. You're not going to find clary sage grown here. You're not going to find vetiver grown here. Um, you may find distillers here, but it ha- but certified organic has nothing to do with the distillation process or how the plants are handled. It just has to do with uh, how they're grown. Right. Pesticides or no pesticides. Pesticides or no pesticides. And there are some companies that will claim that they do testing of their oils. Those that there again, it's the huge companies that can afford to do glass chromography testing of each oil. The kind of suppliers that I purchase from who have maybe been in business for 20, 25 years, they're medium level. They're family right. businesses. They they're not going to have a lab. They're not going to have a lab, but they have years and years of relationship with their people in these countries. That they are, have a track record. Yeah, they have a track record. And um, one of the companies I buy from is located in Florida, uh, and that's a main import pipeline, right? Yeah. So, you know, and they started out with essential oils. They be, they were aromatherapists and then become became importers and suppliers to the rest of us, you know. So um, I'm, and, 
and here's the, another point on the organic thing. How much of a difference does it really make? When you're looking at uh, an oil that is distilled, it's true that if the crop was heavily sprayed with pesticide, some residual might creep into the distilled oil, of which you're using two or three drops. And probably not eating. And, and hopefully not eating. Yeah. Because internal use of essential oils should only be done under a medical practitioner that has been trained in the internal use, you know, and those people mostly exist in France. Yeah. That's another thing that often pops up is food grade. Well, because food grade can be grass, right? G-R-A-S, generally regarded as safe. Okay. Uh, But food grade can uh, can also be uh, not perfume worthy. Yeah, so food grade really has little or no um, value. All right, Uh, so wrap it up into a nutshell. What do we look for then? We look for buying it from you where we know that you've sourced it from a decent place. You buy from somebody that you trust. Okay. Look for a smaller rather than a larger corporation. You look for somebody who's not marketing under desperation. You, You look for... Oils that are unadulterated, true. You want pure, unadulterated, high-quality oils. All right. The Absorber Towel from DogLoversTowel.com is changing my world, and I think you should know about it. The absorber feels like a magic eraser, and a chamois had a baby, but you use it like a sponge. Get it wet, blot off the pet, squeeze the water down the drain, and repeat. It's like magic. Dogs dry more quickly because they start out drier. Saves laundry costs because I'm not washing any more terry cloth towels. Saves space, too, especially for mobile and house call groomers. Just soak them in vinegar and water between pets. To clean the absorber, toss it in the wash and let it air dry. Then wet it when you're ready to use it again. I cut them in half to make them easier to wring out. You can find the absorber towel at dogloverstowel.com. And if you use GroomPod as the coupon code when you place your first order, you will get 10% off. Customer service problem? Let's talk about it at the reception desk. So it's winter time in the mobile grooming life. That means that my fingers are cracked. Right now I'm nursing four cracks out of ten fingers. At night I wrapped up with the antibiotic ointment on them so that they can soften. And then during the day I'm using all of my techniques that I have available and I just thought we might discuss some of those techniques. And the first thing that the most important thing, the thing I cannot live without is something that you really first introduced me to and that's a barrier cream called Gloves in a Bottle. And it is primarily a silicone cream. What does silicone do for your hands, Barbara? Well, it forms a light, non-oily film 
that keeps moisture from penetrating the skin surface and it keeps moisture inside the skin from coming out. It keeps your fingertips from drying out. And I have still yet to figure out what exactly it is that causes my fingers to split. I originally thought it was because they're in the water all the time, but I have more splits on my right hand, which is my nozzle holding hand, than I do on my left hand, which is my coat feeling hand. It's not necessarily the water. I'm not rubbing shampoo in it. I think it's the air and the moisture in the air and somehow the combination of those. And the coldness, because coldness shrinks tissue, you know, and it makes it, so the combination of cold and wet makes for brittleness and discomfort. Some people have more problems with this finger splitting than others. When I experienced finger splitting was when I was playing hand drums. Oh, from contusion. Yeah, contusion. You hit it slapping the drums, you know? And, yeah. um And actually, how you can tell a for real drummer from a pretend drummer is if they have calluses on their fingertips. So, you know, like... When the Cubans and the Africans would come to teach in my studio and they would meet me, they would shake my hand, but they would feel my fingertips. <laughs> Secretly checking you and, out. <laughs> well, and they were always impressed because I had, <laughs> I had the real deal calluses on my, on my fingers. And if I didn't have those, I would have bleeding, cracked bleeding fingertips, you know, and the one time when I got the cracked bleeding fingertips the worst was a an Easter sunrise service outdoors in the foothills at the church, and I was drumming in the sun, right? I was drumming oh. in the day, and as the sun started to rise, I just like took off on this drum solo, extended drum solo, that resulted in this bleeding of my hands on the drums, which was because we were in a religious atmosphere, it was oh. really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Very potent. Oh, oh, man, it was like, it was really cool. People people revered me for that. <laughs> and actually, it was just because I was so carried away that I was able to disregard the rather severe pain that was going on. And, uh, you know, in other situations, I would often tape my hands if I thought I was going to overdo my capacity for uh, hitting the drums. So, you know, like, have you tried finger cots? Oh, I t everything comes off my fingers when I'm working. Like at night, I can wrap them up and I put vet wrap over the top. If I've got a really bad finger split and it's not on my scissoring fingers, you know, if it's in my middle finger or my end finger, I can put the Band-Aid and the Vet Wrap on it, and the Vet Wrap stays on all day. Uh, so I can bandage it for the day, but if it's my scissor finger, then my fingers won't fit in the hole. And it commonly is one of my scissor fingers. There's another clue. And the splits 
are always down the edge of my fingernail. So like continuing out past my fingernail where the edge is. I'm not sure why, but that is the spot that my fingers split the most. Although I will occasionally get the random one across the end of my finger. You mean like on your cuticles? No, out at the end of my finger. But yeah, well, I don't know. Is that what I that's called? I don't know. I've got, I've got fingernails there. You mean like under your fingernail? Like continuing on from under the fingernail out. Let's see if I can hold it up here. Like right there. Yeah. Just continuing past that groove. Yeah, I see. It's part of the groove. Yeah. It's where the fingernail meets up. Like right now I have one. <laughs> I'm showing Barbara. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Yeah, um, I've got glue on that. So another thing I use to combat is not a perfect solution, but it helps a little bit. I've used liquid, like liquid finger band-aid stuff, but that comes right off in the water. But 3M makes a product called Nexcare, N-E-X-C-A-R-E. It's about $7 on Amazon. And it's a little bottle of glue that you fill the crack with. And it lasts for a couple hours. And you know, if you've got a really painful crack and you're just trying to make it through the rest of the day, a couple hours is very helpful. Uh, you got to layer it on. It gets sticky. It will peel off. But right now I've got this finger glued and Barbara could hardly see it because it's glued so well. Yeah. And also because you're sort of waving it. I know. <laughs> just like me and never hold it still. Uh, gloves in a bottle three times a day. I carry it in my car. I use it when I'm driving from appointment to appointment. So sometimes it's even more than three times a day. But always when I wake up, always right before I go to bed, I tape everything up at night. I cover it with antibiotic ointments so that it heals a little bit and gets a break. But then the very next day, it splits right back open. By the end of the day, it's really painful. I just hate them. So you got, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, and I might be wrong... Some wax thing you used to stick your hands in. Did you, didn't oh, you get yeah. a wax oh, thing? Oh, yeah. I've got a hot wax thing. It's right over there. That's, in fact, I ought to plug that in and melt that wax because my hands are cold. So how? So you just stick your hands in hot wax? I used to do that as a kid, but mostly just my finger, you know, and then peel the thing off and then stick my finger back in it and peel the thing off. It was fun. Is it kind of like that? Yeah, it's kind of like that. And at, and at first it seems like really hot, but as you like yeah. sink your hand in there for, uh, and then if you pull it out and put it back in, it will layer it up, but it's, it moisturizes your hands really well. Yeah. Okay. Then do you break the wax off and put it back into the container so you can you do it again? You can. You can. Yeah. And then eventually after several months or a year, you buy a new bunch of wax a new block of wax at sally's at sally's ah yes okay cool i might have to check that out so also you have a hand massager oh yeah how's that hand massager working oh it's right there she brings it up the hand massager yeah are you using it well i was just starting to use it before we started our broadcast because i wanted to see I haven't ever tried it with the heat, and now I'm at that place where I I need that heat. You could use a little heat. Oh, amen. <laughs> yeah, I could use a little heat. Yeah, I like my hand massager. 
because it squeezes, it, it works with kind of a squeezing action, and it's, um, but it's not really for finger care. No, I know, but I was just thinking about it when I mentioned yeah, the Yeah, but after work, yeah, it's really nice. I'm trying to see if the, the heat is on, but I'm not really feeling it yet. Ah. Yeah, so. You know, the best invention in the whole wide world in the winter yeah. is that heated seat in your car. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I love the heated seat. <laughs> it makes all the difference in the world. Speaking of which, today I have to do a PBGV mix or something that looks like it would be and uh, have a knees and two cats and they're like 45 minutes away from the house. So this is just indicative of how I've scheduled myself and why I should be fired. I should be fired. This is ridiculous. This is supposed to be the year of working less, and I've done nothing but complicate my life by breaking all of well, my pieces of equipment. you did work less overall. <laughs> overall, you did work less. You worked fewer days. Very true. Good. Because you had so much you. dead time. But, but if you average your time... Over the whole yes, year. Yes, thank you for pointing that out. It makes me feel a little bit better. So, in other words, be careful of what you ask for. <laughs> so true. Uh, all right. <laughs> cool. Okay, well, I'm going to peel out of here. Thank you for being here always. Thank you for supporting us. Remember, if you'd like to support us, you can do so by throwing a little change in that donation button on the website or you can join up to patreon which doesn't give you a whole lot of benefit but we really do appreciate it and give us a little bit every month also remember support our sponsors and click through the cherry brick link if you want to shop there okay happy grooming everybody see you next week on the groom pod if i survive okay